everybody who's anybody, Christian or not, has heard the story of David and Goliath. But not many people know what God did, how God orchestrated David's path and purposed what he was doing as a shepherd to put him in position to approach a king with a sling and kill a giant. Now if anybody knows anything about royalty, you can't just approach a king, let alone be unknown to the king and have the king hear you out. And so when David came to the king's tent and told the king that he could kill this giant, he was small in stature, even to the king, King Saul, who was head and shoulders above any other man. And yet the giant that we read about, in, in uh, the giant of, uh, of the Philistines, was taller than even Saul was. He was approximately nine foot tall, is what they say. And so this giant was undefeated. He was uh, a great in stature man, and for David to approach the king and say that he could defeat this giant was something that you just don't do and you usually don't get an opportunity to even voice what you could have in faith to do if you did not, here's the key, if you did not have a relationship built beforehand. And that's what I want to talk about. Sometimes to get to the battle of the giant victories, you have to go through the battle of the harp. It says in 1 Samuel 16 that Saul, when he lost the anointing that God had departed from him because of his disobedience, he was tormented by these demons day and night. And the servants saw this and suggested to Saul, if you bring a musician in here so he can play worship music, then maybe you would not be tormented. Maybe you would get some peace. And since Saul was so tormented, he said, this sounds like a good idea. Yeah, go get, go find me someone. Where can I find someone? And they, and they said, because of what David, David had been known for, he was a shepherd boy, but somehow he had been practicing in his skills where he was placed right there at such a high level that he was known to the servants of Saul for his skills with a harp. See, you might think that what you're doing right now is insignificant. And harp playing compared to giant slaying is insignificant. But what you don't realize is God calls you to be great at every gift and ability that you have because you never know that it, what if God is using what you're doing right now as a setup to get you in position to approach a king with a sling and bring about a victory that no other man could face. See, it says in 1 Samuel 16 when they are looking for David 
they they talked about the char- characteristics of David, and they said that he was a uh, good with the harp. He was a musician, and then it says he was bold. He was a warrior. It says he was good looking, and it says he was a man of faith, a man who knew God, a man of God. I believe the wording is like that. So there's four things that they used to describe him, but the first thing was insignificant, so it seemed. You wouldn't think that playing a harp could bring you to the place of killing a giant, but the only way David could get to the giant, get to approach King Saul, was if he had relationship with Saul and favor by Saul. And the only way he was going to get that favor is by reputation of the skills that he did in the significant places of his life. See, God called him and anointed him to be a king, but he didn't pay attention too much to that calling that said, I am too good to be doing what I'm doing. He went back to being a shepherd and back to playing his harp. And he was good at what he was doing, even though God called him to be a king. He didn't say, you know what, I don't need to be doing what I'm doing because God has called me to something greater. I'm not, I'm too good to be doing what I'm doing because God has made me into a king. I should be doing royal things. But but David was good at what he did in the season that he was in, which brought him to where he would be going and win the battle over Goliath. See, when he played his harp and the demons fled from Saul, Saul was greatly impressed and he had favor. And because of that favor, he was able to approach the king with an idea that he could slay the giant. See, what I'm trying to say is don't be so caught up in your calling or your purpose that you forget the process that God is bringing you through that what he is doing in you right now he's setting up for you the greater purpose that the difference between creativity and strategery I know that's not a word but it sounds really good so I'm using it uh, so here goes what I felt like I had been given a word of a while back and kind of elaborated a little more on. I felt like the Lord had said to me when reading through Judges, uh, there's a lot of creativity in Judges. And you can, you can point out a lot of things about their disobedience, uh, bringing them to the, the hands of the enemy, and then God rebuilding their faith when he delivers them. And there's a lot of merit to that aspect. But a lot of people don't see the creativity of the Lord and how he defeats the foe uh, in creative ways. And when I was reading this, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, there will be a season of new things, of creative things that the Lord brings. The creativity of the Lord is bringing down the strategies of the devil, of the enemy. You can't plan for an improvised attack because the devil hasn't seen something he can't prepare for something that he hasn't seen coming so um, I felt like the Lord was showing me there's a difference between the right brain and the left brain 
the right brain is creative. The right, you know, Jesus says he is on the right hand of the Father. The left brain is strategic. It's knowledge. It's understanding of um, of what you have learned. But right brain creativity is taking things and forming something new from the knowledge, but it's not basing a, a pattern or a strategy off of what is known to work, but it's forming something new and different based on what you know has worked in the past or uh, hasn't been effective in the past and doing something outside of that box of understanding. And in this aspect, it's the box of warfare. Uh, I felt like the Lord was saying in battle, you know, when we talk about the battle of the mind or the the battle principalities, uh, spiritual things, um, in battle, if you create a strategy from the creative strategy of the Lord, your plan of attack becomes more effective than the knowledge of the strategy of war. The knowledge of strategy of war is based off of what is effective and what is not. But the creative strategy of the Lord is an effect. Sorry. But the creative strategy of the Lord is effective because it is an attack that has never been seen before. And so, anyways, I felt like the Lord will elaborate more about that. But I really felt passionate about it. thought it was a pretty interesting concept. The creative strategy of the Lord will always be more effective plan of attack than the knowledge of the strategy of war that the enemy brings against us. He only brings against us trials and temptations, attacks that he knows will work. He goes in a a pattern and a plan of strategy that's been effective in the past and he knows can be effective in the future if we don't know the creative patterns of the Lord. And most of the time, if we don't get into the mind of God, if we don't spend time in his word, if we don't let his word bring life to us, bring his creativity into our hearts, if we don't receive revelation from the Lord, then oftentimes the enemy will have the upper hand, even if we are children of God, because we're not seeking God's hand of, of his strategy, of his creative strategy of war. There are things that God wants to do and things that God wants to move on our behalf, but if we don't listen to his strategies, if we don't listen to his plans, oftentimes we will miss the pivotal points of attack and the divine encounters that shift and change the battlefield. Uh, you can see it in the Old Testament a lot. Even there's one example, I can't remember the exact time, but the Israelites were being pushed back. They were being defeated by their foe. And it was even being pushed back was a plan that the Lord was about to use to uh, have a ambush and when they were being pushed back, the ambush of the Lord came and defeated the foes. See, the foes thought that they were going to push the uh, push 
the Lord's people back and they were defeating them. They caught them off guard when they pushed them back into a trap that the Lord had already set up in advance to ambush them because they were caught off guard. They weren't effectively fighting anymore. They were fighting from the upper hand and so therefore they their attack was not uh, ready for an ambush. And so you can see sometimes it may feel like you don't have the upper hand but trust in the Lord because it's it says in scripture that our knowledge is not his understanding our ways are not as high as his ways and his strategies are there to create something better than what the enemy has planned for us so plan for good God has planned for good, but we have to walk in obedience to His Word. We have to know His Word. We have to spend time in His presence, and we have to hear from the Father, because when we hear, then we can receive, and then we can know what He is going to do. Sometimes it may not sound or seem like something that's possible, but that's why we don't have to trust in our understanding, because when Adam and Eve tried to trust in the tree of knowledge, the understanding, that's when they fell, and that's when everything fell apart. But revelation, being in the presence of the Lord, can create an atmosphere for creative strategies that will bring down strongholds, that will tear down uh, all the attacks that the enemy has. See, the enemy is strong, and you should be aware of his strengths, but you should also know that his weakness is the fact that when you submit as the weaker vessel, you are made lower than the angels. As the weaker vessel made of clay, when submitted to the Father in every way, you are stronger than anything he can bring against you, and his tax will not prosper. For it is written that when you resist the enemy, you push back, and you resist him with the word of God, with the armor of God, when the shield of faith can deflect the, the fiery darts of everything he tries to throw at you, when you have this on you, you will not be succumb to his victory, but he will succumb to the Lord's victory because the Lord is the victor and he always uses the weaker to triumph over the greater. So it doesn't matter how strong the enemy has attack against you because what God is going to do through you is going to be greater than what the enemy is trying to bring against you. So don't dwell on the things the enemy is trying to put in your face. Don't dwell on the attacks. Don't dwell on the persecutions. Don't dwell on everything that is trying to to make your eyes fall off the Lord because of everything that's falling down uh, against you right now. Know that the Lord has you and has a plan for you. Don't give up on his plans that he has for you. And know that no weapon formed against you will prosper. If you stand in obedience to his word and his will, you will prosper. That is a promise of the Lord. So know that and be blessed by that and see how God will prosper you through your obedience to him.